I think humans have this uh, affinity for like things that have r- rotted a bit, and, and modern pickles that have vinegar that that's just mimicking. They, they found a way to mass produce something that flavor-wise is relatively similar to this older way of doing it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 44 of the Maritime Gardening Podcast. And uh, just like we do, actually, it's not every, it hasn't been every week, but Greg's been releasing videos in between, so we've been doing it every two weeks. And how are things today, Greg? Oh, things are great. The garden's going, the garden's going nuts. Going nuts like it couldn't be any better? I can barely keep up. I, I keep can barely saying, keep up with the with the productivity with the wow. with the with the abundance. I keep saying I got to bring a truck up and and uh, fill up the back of it. A truck might be in order. Yeah. So uh, we're going to uh, start by just saying thanks to the uh, subscribers and fans, and you know the 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 audience has been steadily growing. Uh, you know more more notably on Facebook in recent weeks and uh more than likely because of the great videos that you've been putting out and and you know they're they're uh, they're very informative gee thanks yeah <laughs> i have to say that yes <laughs> but uh no they're good they're they're good videos and um you know it seems to be keeping people entertained and informed throughout the season so anything you want to add to that no, it's been it's been fun doing, and I like the uh, I like the feedback that uh, people are, some people are giving me on online, uh, not only on YouTube but just on the uh, the Facebook page. So I try to get back to everybody, and you know I don't I don't check it every day. I have to be honest with that. Sure. But if you put a comment up, I'll probably get back to you within a week. Yeah. I suppose, you know, a week uh, or less. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. try if I notice it, but I don't always. There's, what is it now? There's a one email. We have all these different emails for different things. So there's one particular email I have to log into, which tells me every single thing people have said. Right. Uh, but if I log into Facebook and I see something, I'll get at it right away. But if it's a previous one or or what have you. Uh, I might not uh, get back to it right away, but uh, at least at this point, where I don't have a hundred emails a day, yeah, uh, I get back to each and every one of them, and I try to put some thought into it uh, where where appropriate. I mean, cool. sometimes sometimes I'll just say thanks, but it depends on the the content of the of the message. Yeah, for sure. Yep, no, that's that's reasonable for sure, um, and. Um, so before we get into uh, into the meat of today's episode, it has been hot. Oh yeah, no, it's it's and actually this is that's a good point because um, I often talk about how I've got my garden all mulched and I don't have to water it and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. and I I didn't turn a hose on until I don't know a few few weeks ago, but I did. I uh, have water, so I. I have watered my garden twice, wow, which still isn't too bad. I mean, uh, and I, could I have gone without watering it at all? I think so. I think so because even after all the rain we got uh, 
it was different in different places. I was driving at some of that. I was in, it was insane. Um, but I don't think where I am in my particular property here, we didn't get a lot of that. Um, but I mean, it rained all day yesterday, um, off yeah. and on. And I was digging up some potatoes today and the soil was like bone dry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but despite all of that, um, everything's growing fine. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, even when the soil is relatively dry, I think there's enough moisture there when you've got a decent mulch that uh, yeah. it doesn't seem to suffer the same way. But all of that being said, uh, I broke out the hose and did a bit of watering a couple of weeks ago and I did it twice. Um, not because I thought the garden would die as a result of not watering it, because in my experience, uh, when you've got it well mulched, they seem to really handle mm -hmm. dry conditions well but more because uh, I wanted optimum yield. Yeah. Right? So it's like, yeah, I could get, you know, everything will be fine, but I want it awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's not like you're not, a, it's, it's not like if you use a mulch, I think this is a mistake some people make. It's not yeah, like if yeah. you use a mulch, you're not allowed to water, your, you can water your garden whenever the hell you want. Um, so it's just, you don't have to. On, on any given day, you're not a slave to watering your garden if you've got a good mulch. Right. Um, and moreover, if you're not watering it all the time, it forces the plants to develop their root systems and mm -hmm. search for water. So, um, well, you know, why would you want to baby them if they can make them work? Make them work for it. Exactly. Yeah. My day, we got <laughs> water. You know. Exactly. We had to suck it out of the ground with our teeth. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no. So, um, but yeah, it's it, just because you're you're using a mulch and you're doing some sort of uh, permaculture garden doesn't mean you're not allowed to water your garden. You know mm. that's, that's that's crazy. That's dogma. That doesn't make any sense. You can water your garden whenever on earth you want. You, just, you don't have to. You don't have to be a slave. The beauty of it is you're not a slave to watering your garden, and that's where it really is. So if you if you love watering your garden, go water your damn garden every day. <laughs> I don't enjoy it, yeah. especially with my garden. I've got. Uh, and mosquitoes and horse flies and deer flies mm -hmm. so you know it's it, i just go crazy uh trying to water it out there yeah. uh, i guess if i went out at like 4 a.m it wouldn't be bad but i don't feel like doing that at 4 a.m i, I no. always think that you know gardening should be relaxing mm. and easy and meditative you should be in a meditative state in your garden mm -hmm. So if you're if if you're a slave to your garden, that's that's not a meditative state. No. Uh, no. So uh, yeah. So anyway, I just thought I, I thought I'd mention that for those for some people to think, oh my God, I don't want to gaslight people. You know, like oh, I have to water my garden all no. the time. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, but uh, yeah. I do it. I, you know, I, I do turn a hose on a couple times over the year. But yes, this summer I've watered my garden. There's two days where I've watered my garden since June, mm. despite the dryness. That's not bad. That's that's pretty. Yeah. Well, it's pretty low maintenance in my book. Oh, yeah. And we haven't had a lot of rain, right? No. Uh, so yeah, well, we had one good rain there. Was that yesterday or the day before? But I mean, um, other than that, it's been dusty. I drove out to Anaganish on uh, Monday, Monday or Sunday. Uh, was it Sunday? Sunday. Sunday to visit family. And uh, between the airport and uh, New Glasgow, for those that aren't from Nova Scotia, that's about a 100-kilometer stretch. Yeah. The highway was insane. 
like people were going 70 kilometers an hour on the side of the road with their flashes on. Uh, oh, because it was raining so hard. Oh, I was trying to pass a bus at some point. Yeah. And, you know, like, it wasn't a crazy move, but it probably wasn't the it most. It sounds a little. Um, but it wasn't, no, at that point it wasn't. So this was when I was driving and it was raining, but it was just like regular rainy mm. driving conditions. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I'm, I, I used to commute all the time, so it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. It was just rain. And so I pulled out to pass this bus and I get hit with a wall. Oh, yeah. It was like I was driving under a waterfall. Wow. And I couldn't see anything. Wow. I could literally lost vision on the road with my two yeah. kids in the back of the car. Yeah. And I just had to like just relax and, and wait. Yeah. Hopefully you can see before you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> well it's that, one way or the other. Been talking to the kids. Yay! Hey, yay, yay! Yay! This is fun. <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> try not to Daddy does this all the time. Yeah, this is all right. <laughs> yes. What what music do you want to listen to? You know. But uh, anyway, after right after that, I got on the, the right hand lane and yeah. slowed down and turned my flashes on. And holy smokes, I was like, "Whew, that was yeah. close one." We almost uh, died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but I don't think any of that rain hit here because I've got a pond. In my backyard, like a goldfish pond. It's it's not like oh, yeah, it doesn't have yeah. a pump or anything like yeah, that. It's just right. a, it's just a hole I dug in the ground and put some fish in. And uh, I've killed a lot of fish in that. They all seem to. Anyway, uh, there was no water in it when I got home. So the, yeah. and the, it was like a monsoon. Oh yeah, that rain never we never touched here, which is ridiculous because mm. that's like a twenty minute drive from here. Yeah, yeah, get, yeah. Get, that's right. Because yeah, yeah, I. I was I was actually up in Pictou County um, during a lot of that as well, and I thought we got it back here, but I don't know if we did. But anyway, the point is that was the only rain we've had in a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been dry. And it was a and it was a quick um, pass through. It wasn't like a you know a full day of rain. It was just a few heavy downpours. But anyway, yeah. So it has been hot. So yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the other good news in the garden is uh, to follow up on an episode. The reptiles have returned. Oh yeah, in snakes. Uh, I was picking some beans the other day, and I found the you know how snakes shed their skin. Yep. You know, like they they molt or whatever they, mm-hmm. they get rid of. So I found a two foot long garter Yikes. snake garter snake skin. Yeah. My beans. <laughs> Can you use that for anything? I'm sure you could. <laughs> You put some flour and fry it in some butter or something. Mm. Maybe it tastes, it tastes pretty good. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you do with No, it's, you yeah. can't make boots out of that or no. whatever. <laughs> Greg's gardening boots. <laughs> no, I don't think yeah. you just, I, I used yeah. it to grow, gross out my kids. Oh, yeah, uh, that works well. <laughs> but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. But anyway, the, the good thing is that, uh, yeah, I saw that. I've seen them. I've seen toads and I've seen um, grass snakes, those green ones as well. Okay. And so that's the first time in a number of years I've seen that. So hopefully they're going to start to get the pests under control. Yeah. Um, and I haven't used any. Uh, I've did a couple episodes on uh, different pesticides and uh, I did a couple of videos on them, but I haven't used those for oh, a good, good three or four weeks now. Uh, things, things seem to be. And I, I never do anything just for sake of habit. Right. So I, I use those things to deal with, you know, when things are 
you know, do some of my plants have holes in them? Yes. Yeah. But is it under, you know, is it reasonable? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's reasonable. It's, I, don't, I don't mind a bit of pest, you know, like I've, I've always put up with pests and a little bit of pests is yeah. not a big deal. And I don't mind eating greens or whatever that have a few bites in them. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. I mean, you're cooking it. Yeah. Uh, it's different if you want like a perfect salad green, which yeah. begs the question, if you're buying salad greens in the grocery store, how on earth do they get them to the, you know, to the grocery store like that without any sort of treatment? Because yeah. uh, uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. That'll be another have, one. Haven't used anything for a while and uh, things seem to be stabilized, right? Cool. It's awesome. bad when you have a plant and it just disappears over a stretch of four or five days, mm. which is what I've seen in the past without any treatment that's happened to me. Wow. But this year, you know, and that was happening early in the season. I used that Safer Zendal stuff. Um, but yeah. other than that, uh, and, and some of the slug bait, really, that was the main thing. And I saw a little bit of uh, cabbage uh, moths, just to follow up on that video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It used the... Uh, um, what's it called? BHBTK, I believe. It's a right. bacteria. Uh, doesn't seem to have turned any t- turned into anything. Um, my, my garden is not being destroyed by cabbage moths, mm. so I don't know if it was the endol or the the mm. B, uh, BTK or which, but something worked last year. It was destroyed by them in a, in a huge way, bigly. As bigly, the, big. now we won't big. even. We won't get into that. <laughs> As a famous man might say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this year, none of that's happening. No. So. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, um, what else we got on the old? Well, today list here. I think we're going to talk about uh, you know what to, what to do with all that uh, all that production. Uh, right mm-hmm. now, I've got a ridiculous amount of. Uh, uh, I grew a variety of. Uh, cucumber called i think um these were provided by mckenzie see they're russian pickling cucumber mm-hmm. and uh man they are going nuts mm. made a garden that was four by ten with dill and pickles and i started that under the hoop house that little to see the video i made with the yeah. this dome thing uh, so normally you couldn't plant around here you couldn't plant cucumbers on the first of may that would be not it would just would not work but under that dome they germinated and they were fine. They were ahead of the game. Nice. So now I got all these pickles, right? And uh, uh, what do you do with all of them? I like pickles. So yeah. So traditionally, I mean, you can eat them as cucumbers as well, and they're nice. And you don't want to let them get too big, or the seeds they get more uh, seedy sort of thing. You want the seeds right, to be tiny, right? Right. You know? Right. So uh, these ones, I would say that. As a pickling size, the general rule for pickling cucumber is it should be the width of your hand. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean a hand span. I mean the width of, like, your your four fingers. Yeah. You know, it's about the right size for pickling cucumber. Yeah. And, uh, but you should definitely pick them before they're a hand span. <laughs> right. You know, you should be able to grab it between your your thumb and your pinky sort of thing. But when they're that big, it's you know, you have to cut them in half to pickle them. Um, and they don't make the best pickles. The smaller ones seem to be better. So when they're that big, I just use them in salads. And even at that size, the seeds aren't so big that they're they don't make um, the seeds aren't so large that they make the pickle uh, unenjoyable as a, as a mm. salad yeah. pickle. Talking yeah. about pick pick cucumbers, there's different varieties. There's like the Wisconsin uh, 
pickling cucumbers, but these are some other variety called uh, Russian pickling cucumbers. Mm. But they're I'm I'm very happy with them. They're very productive. Nice. So and then you got so every two days I go to my garden and I'm filling a salad bowl with pickles. Mm-hmm. It's so three three quarts of pickles. What do you do with all those pickles? And traditionally, I've made relish, or I've made pickles out of them, or I've just eaten them. Uh, you can only eat so many damn pickles <laughs> a day, right? <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta. When they're, when they're producing like that, you gotta preserve them, or give them away, or throw them away, right? But yeah. why would you do all that work, right, to just throw stuff away? Mm. Um, and even giving stuff away, you know, um, I find uh, people literally want you to like bring it to their door. My, my dad, when I grew up, my father had a fishing boat, and he used to always complain that people only wanted fish that, you know, we, we, we could go, this is back in the old days, you could go out and catch a couple hundred pounds of cod or haddock, you know, just using hand lines, right, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in an afternoon, right? And uh, he was happy to give some of it away, but people only wanted it if he'd, like, filleted it out. Yeah. Which is a lot of, I don't know, if you're filleted 100 pounds of cod, That's but it's not. That's not much fun. It's not like, yeah, you know. So he's like, well, I'll give you the whole thing, the head, guts, and all, and you deal with it, right? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the same thing. If you're growing your own vegetables, uh, I'm happy to have people just sort of come and uh, pick it out of the garden, but you want me to pick it for you? <laughs> Store yeah, yeah. You know? Forget it, man. Yeah. So... <laughs> So I'm, it's, it's, you know, I'm happy to have people come and take it, uh, but otherwise, uh, if I have to pick it, it's mine sort of thing, as I did that, you know, that work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you got to do something with it. So traditionally, I've, I've, I've done um, pickles with vinegar or um, made uh, relish, and we love relish. We actually still have zucchini relish from last year. Mm. Uh, so this year, I decided to explore... A different way of pickling uh, uh, pickles uh, called lacto fermentation. Okay. Now, anyone that's ever had a kosher dill, um, I don't know if everybody knows what that means. You go to a nice deli, or maybe you're in the grocery store and you buy like the extra expensive pickles, a kosher dill. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the, uh, and I can't speak to all brands, but it, for the most part, I'm, I'm not Jewish or anything like that. But if you look yeah. at the, uh, if you look at the. Uh, package or the the bottle uh, a kosher dill often it'll say if you look at the ingredients you won't see vinegar on the ingredients it'll right. say wa- water salt pickles right <laughs> right and you know, whatever dill and garlic right mm-hmm. but there's no vinegar on there yeah but when you bite into it it tastes like vinegar right so how do they do that right and and i don't know why kosher dills are made that way it's, it's probably some ancient uh Talmudic law or something like that, but mm. uh, forgive me for anyone that's listening to this that's actually Jewish that knows anything about this, and I'd love to know why. Um, but um, in any case, this is an o- older way of preserving vegetables that predates sort of modern canning methods using vinegar. Right. Um, this would have been back when you couldn't go down to the supermarket and buy five gallons of Mm. vinegar to do all your preserving you just had salt Mm -hmm. but luckily it works out just fine so what what you're really doing is you're you're taking your whatever the vegetable you can do i've done i've done this with um carrots i've done this with garlic scape i've done this with uh pickles pickling cucumbers yeah 
but you're you're creating a, a salt water environment that the the vegetable is in, mm-hmm. and there's a natural bacteria that just exists in the vegetable, mm. and it it starts proliferating in that environment, and that environment is not um, favorable to bad bacterias, bad. Right. And not only that, but the more that good bacteria, the lactobacteria, lactobacillus, mm-hmm. uh, the more it starts taking over, it makes the environment even less hospitable to bad bacteria. Right. So it's really like a, a good guy. Um, and the result is delicious pickles. <laughs> You're making me hungry. You do that every time. I know. Uh, this is a food episode. This yeah. is what, this isn't how to grow. This is what to do with the stuff you grow. Because yeah, yeah. some people are starting to get overwhelmed by this sort of thing, right? Yeah. And the beauty of this is it's so much easier than it's 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 easier in certain regards than the mm-hmm. traditional pickling because you're not putting it in a jar and then canning it with some high pressure and the vacuum sealing and all. It's it's a different right. sort. Of it's the exact opposite. I mean, you're putting it in the jar, and it's supposed to go bad in the jar, but it's going to go bad in a way that tastes great to you. Yeah. And there's something about human beings. I think we're, you know, if you study evolution or whatever, we sort of pump ourselves up as being these great predators, right? All oh, we develop spear and the bow and arrow, and oh yeah, man, the hunter, and so on. But I don't know. I think we may be just like really successful scavengers it's very possible that yeah. and fire would allow this you go find some dead animal somewhere that's inedible and you just like boil it up and then you can eat it yeah think of all the things that we enjoy in our diet yogurt it's rotten milk cheese that's rotten milk even sausages um, yeah. traditionally a sausage i mean you'd put all this stuff all this meat into a intestine pig intestine and you you put like an enzyme in there and you hang it in a cold room where it's sort of uh, rots a bit, yeah. right? I can't remember the name of that, but you put the stuff in the sausage that is actually going to ferment it a bit, but in a way that tastes great. Or <laughs> yeah. well, aging beef, you know, when you kill a, a, a cattle or a beef cow, you don't eat it right away. You got to hang it for a bit. Right. And if you go to a really fancy restaurant, you're going to get the super aged beef that's been like hanging for six weeks or something. Mm-hmm. Something about human beings, we love rotten things. We like sauerkraut. Rotten, and sauerkraut is lacto fermented, uh, lacto fermented cabbage. Um, You know, if you ever go to a Korean restaurant, you get this stuff called kimchi, which is just kind of like a spicy sauerkraut, I suppose. Right. And uh, there are beer, soy sauces, fermented soybeans, tofu. Right. It's sort of like a cheese made. It's again, it's like they get take the beans, make mush it all up, Mm -hmm. and rot it in just the right way and i even remember talking to this i used to know this uh, korean guy that told i you know i used to always talk to this guy about fishing and he asked me if if i knew where to catch skates yeah. for those that don't know what a skate is it's sort of like a ray it looks yeah. like a ray but it's not a ray it's a skate um i don't know what the difference between a skate and a ray is um the skate has no stinger on it i guess but I think anyway so, yeah Anyway, he was saying uh, back in Korea, there's this way they pr- prepare skate where you take the skate and you put it inside like a bale of hay mm. in the sun and you leave it like that for a while. And it sort of mm. ferments. Yeah. The skate ferments in a bale of hay. Wow. And he said, oh, it, it, it smells terrible, yeah. but tastes really good. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. 
So yeah. I, I think humans have this uh, affinity for like things that have rotted a bit, and, and the modern pickles that have vinegar that that's just mimicking that they found a way to mass produce something that flavor wise is relatively similar to this older way of doing it mm. where you're creating what happens is the the vegetable ferments and the through the fermentation process an acidic environment is created in the soil yeah, yeah. And so that acidity is the result of that lactic acid that's created in there. Mm -hmm. And so you was, and it's salty. So it's salty and acidic and crunchy. And it's pickle, right? And you put some dill and some garlic. So it's garlicky and dilly as well. Yeah. Um, so that's the old way of doing it. And I've been doing that for the last, I don't know, three, four weeks. And I've gotten really, this is my first year, so full disclosure, I haven't been doing this for years. This is my first year doing it, but I've been doing it. I've been eating them. I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah. Son ate one today, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully, he's still around tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing this, he's eight. Yeah. But like, he liked it, and he's, he's kind of fussy. So, uh, yeah, my eight-year-old son tried one. He said it was a good pickle. Uh, so, <laughs> that's uh, um, and and the good thing about that too is you can you can dial up the saltiness or dial it down or whatever, and you can also, you know, how many days you leave it. So let me explain how to make these things. This yeah. is how you do it. Yeah. So you gotta have you gotta have you gotta have some dill. Um, so you, for me, I grew my pickles with dill. That way, it's all in the same place. Mm -hmm. And there's also dill all over the place in my garden. It just sort of it's almost like a weed. Mm -hmm. uh, I, let, I let a lot of my dill go to seed, and the seeds just go all over the place. And where wherever they come up, if they're not a, really yeah. not in the wrong, you know, yeah. if it's not a big problem, I just let them grow. Yeah. Uh, so I've always got dill. So which is nice. So you need some dill, and not just the the leaves from the dill, but the seed heads as well, the flowers. There's two different things. You need both um, to get a nice flavor, in my opinion. You need dill, you need garlic, and if you've been growing garlic, you've got garlic. Um, you need salt, and I get that coarse pickling salt. You don't have to get too, and you don't have to get Himalayan salt or this mm -hmm. thing or kosher salt or whatever. Just, just the cheapest salt you can buy in the grocery store is called coarse pickling salt. Okay. And that's the kind I buy for all. I do use it for all my cooking, in fact. Um, uh, if you put it in a coffee grinder and turn it into a fine powder, it's it's awesome on popcorn. But anyway, <laughs> okay. uh, uh, coarse pickling salt. You need to got two tablespoons of that. Uh, of course, you need water, and not just any water, but you, you don't really want, um, at least from what I've read, you don't want tap water if your your tap water is chlorinated, right? You you need water that's going to facilitate uh, fermentation, so it can't be. It can't have stuff in it that is, um, you know, not conducive to that. Mm -hmm. So I'm lucky where I live. I'm on a well, and my water's all filtered, so it's just completely neutral water. Um, so if you're in the city somewhere, I mean, you can do experiment. Maybe your tap water is okay. Maybe it really depends on how yeah. it's treated. You know, it it may be treated with chlorine. It may just be. Uh, treated with a UV beam or something. There's different ways that, that municipalities treat the water. Yeah. So you can just do experiments. Uh, you know, if you put this whole thing together and you check on it in three days and it's got a fermenty smell and it's sort of like bubbling and stuff, <laughs> then uh, your water's fine for that sort of thing. Nice. Uh, 
Anyway, so you have water and you got a few cucumbers and you need a one quart jar. And the kind I like to use are these, uh, I get them at, uh, you know, sort of used like Valley Village or whatever, I don't know mm-hmm. where people live, but we have a place here in Canada called Valley Village where you can go and buy used stuff. It's sort of like a, a perpetual yard sale. <laughs> 24-7 year-round yeah. yards yeah. and you buy stuff so you can get these jars that have a, um, a flip cap but really any 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 jar will do I think um, so what you do is you for a one quart jar that's what you want is a one quart jar you're gonna boil boil some water you're gonna boil a cup of water you're gonna mix a cup of hot water with a cup of cold water Okay, a cup of boiled water with a cup of cold water. If you mix one cup of each, you basically get lukewarm, mm-hmm. which is the right temperature. You don't have to do this. You can go all cold, but you can't go all hot. Okay. You want lukewarm. Um, so you can boil two cups of water and just let it cool down until it feels, you know, like body temperature. You want, you want it that lukewarm temperature. Mm-hmm. So the easiest way to get there is just one cup of hot and one cup of cold. Right. Um and uh, so you, you get that boiled, you put those two together, and you put two tablespoons of the coarse pickling salt um, and stir that around until it completely dissolves, dissolves into the, the water. And uh, from what everything I've read, you can use for one quart, and which is going to be two cups of water you're going to need. Um, two cups of water is in a quart, but you need two cups of water to fill a quart jar that's full of pickles. Mm. Um, you can use anywhere from one tablespoon to three tablespoons of salt. I tried one tablespoon. It just I like salty things. I get it wasn't salty enough for me. And, it, and I think if you go beyond three tablespoons, it, it's too salty for the right. for the fermentation. It's just the environment's not not ideal for those bacteria to live in. So I found two two tablespoons. It works fine, and it's the right saltiness for me. <laughs> so. Yeah. He, Weigh that against your own individual taste. Um, so, what you do, you got that already now, and it's all dissolved. You've got your jar that you're going to put all this stuff in. And what I do with the jar is I sterilize it. So um, that can mean uh, how I sterilize is I fill it full of boiling water, and then I put it in the microwave uh, for two minutes, and just so it's it's full of boiling water, and then I boil it in the microwave for mm. two minutes. This is just to make one jar, because I find with the kind of garden I have anyway, uh, I'm not making like 10 jars of pickle in one day. I'm making like right. a jar a jar a day or a jar every other day, just keeping up with things. Because you want to make, you want to put your pickles down when they're fresh, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to pick a bunch and then put them in your fridge and then pick a bunch and put them more. You want to do your pickles you know and this whole process that i'm describing i can do this all in about five or ten minutes right so it's not we're going to spend more time explaining it today but it doesn't take that long yeah Uh, so anyway you get your jar and you sterilize it and you and the easiest way to sterilize the lid is to just throw it in uh, the kettle and bring the kettle to a boil and just take it with a pair of tongs and Try not to cover, touch the underside of the lid, the part that's going to be in contact with the bottle. Touch, you know, if you're going to touch parts with your fingers, touch the top of the lid that's going to be on the outside, exposed to the air, not not the inside. So you got your jar and everything already. It's just sterilized pretty good. And because you only want the things you want growing in there, right? Mm -hmm. And then what you do is you put your dill in the bottom of the jar, you put your garlic in the bottom of the jar. 
And if you've got bay leaves, put them in. Or I've been using grape leaves. For, from what I've read, bay leaves and grape leaves, what they do is they add tannins to the okay. to, to the solution. And that is supposed to preserve the, uh, the crispiness of the pickle. If you mm -hmm. want to feed Everybody likes a crispy yeah. pickle. Yeah. So, and I've found at least all the ones I've done. Um, I've, I've I've eaten a couple batches already, and uh, I like pickles. Oh, yeah. uh, they're they're crunchy. They're like a, a beautiful pickle. Mm. Um, so, uh, those bay leaves or grape leaves are supposed to help accentuate that, and also it sort of holds everything down in the bottom. So you put that all in the bottom. And then you jam your pickles in. Um, you don't want to bruise the pickles or smush them, but you want to get the pickles in as tight as you can and try to put them in in such a way that they don't float up to the top once you add the liquid. Okay. So when you pour the liquid in, you want a layer of uh, liquid between the top of the pickles and the top of the jar. So you don't want any pickles to be exposed to any sort of air. All the pickles have to be submerged in the jar. So if you've jammed them in properly, um, they shouldn't sort of come up. Most jars have shoulders before where the opening is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a neck. So the neck is narrower than the actual jar, most jars. Yeah. And they're, they're designed that way so you can jam stuff in there and keep everything below where the neck is so you can have an area in the neck that's liquid with no you know whatever you're trying to pickle it's just liquid nothing else yeah. if your pickles are poking out above the liquid above the surface of the liquid um, there's a high probability they're going to go get a mold on them mm. which isn't in the world you can just throw that pickle out and eat the rest from yeah. what i've read don't sue me on that <laughs> um I've I've not tried. I did have a batch do that. I threw, I threw them all away. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Like, Ooh, yuck! And yeah. I just threw it away. But another way to prevent that is if you, uh, I don't know what people in other parts of the world do, but if you go down to a, uh, if you go to a lot of beaches here, or, you know, we live in Nova Scotia, it's coastal. You can get these nice, perfect, flat skipping rocks. Yeah. So you, you get a bunch of those rocks and sterilize, sterilize one of those and put that in the mouth of your jar so that it holds all the pickles down, but it's still below the surface of the water, yeah. right? Um, so that's just an easy way. I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure there's some special thing you can buy at Lee, Lee Valley or whatever that does all of that as well, but the cheapest thing is just get a rock <laughs> that's yeah. round and flat that's narrower than the mouth of your jar. Um, anyway, that's the most important thing, that the pickles are beneath the liquid. They have to be underneath the liquid. There has to be no air. There's just They're completely immersed in the water. Mm. All this, everything that's happening to that pickle needs to happen in a submerged environment. Yeah. Um, and then once that happens, you put the lid on and you, you cover it so that the jar is not exposed to light. Mm -hmm. So you can just wrap a tea towel around it or put a brown paper bag over it, whatever. And uh, I just leave them on my kitchen counter so I don't forget about them. Right. right? I, I mark the date that I expect them to be ready. So for the most part, you, you leave it on your, you leave it at room temperature for a week or less. So when I was doing garlic scapes, I found that they needed a full week. But um, pickles I've been doing, I found they're good after five days. Hmm. Uh, after five days, um, you, can, you can taste the acidity. Yeah. They, they, to me, they seem fine. Yeah. Like they, they just seem to have just the right everything. Yeah. But it's been really, really warm. 
So I'm sure the temperature matters, just like if you were brewing beer or whatever, it's going to work faster if it's warmer. So recently, the last few batches I've done have seen them be good in about four or five days, but it's been really, really warm. So maybe in, in, in September when maybe the room temperature in my house is more like 20. Yeah. Uh, it might take a full week, right? Cause yeah. so all that matters. And I mean, you can, you can pull one out and just taste it and see. Yeah. And remember when you're tasting these things, they're not going to taste the same warm as they're going to taste cold. So if you want to know what it tastes like, pull it out and put it in your fridge and wait an hour and taste it cold. Cause if you taste them warm, it's just not going to taste as good. Right? It tastes better cold. Uh, but anyway, a week or less, depending on taste. And then what I do is I, I take the pickles out of the jar, take everything out of the jar, and I run the liquid through a strainer and sort of get everything out except the garlic. And I put the pickles, and so I take all the dill and all that other stuff out. And so it's just like a nice clear liquid mm-hmm. and pickles and garlic. And then I put that all back in a new clean jar and put that in the fridge. Yeah. And so that that's the catch with these. You can't just stick them in the, you know, if you're, if you were going to can a pickle with the traditional way, by traditional, I mean, not as traditional as this, but uh, if you were going to use vinegar, you'd put the um, canned pickles in a boiler and boil them and, you know, treat them with heat and all this sort of stuff. And then as soon as that's done, you can stick them in your pantry. Yeah. And stick them in the cupboard and leave them there for 10 years. Mm. Um, but with this approach, this is the approach that existed when people had cold rooms. Yeah. And all this would have been happening around September-ish when the harvest was happening. So once these things are done working at room temperature, you have to cool them down so they stop fermenting. Right. Fermenting, and that creates your acidity. But then you want them to stop when you've got them the way you want them. So I guess in the old days, you would have put that in a cold room or you would have put that in a root cellar of some kind where it's cold. Even kimchi, they would bury that stuff, right? Bury it underground. So, you, know, you go down about three feet, it's cold. Yeah. Uh, and everything just stops, right? It's like a perfect beer temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just been putting this. I don't have a root cellar and I don't have a uh, cold room. So I've just been putting them in my fridge, which means I can only do so much this way. Yeah, right. Right? Maybe I should try burying some in the ground. That'd be a fun experiment. Yeah, uh, yeah you should. Now, I know that once uh, November rolls around, I can pull all the stuff in my garage because my garage stays around 5 degrees Celsius from about November right up until, I don't know, uh, April. Right? Just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not heated. So it's, gonna, it's attached to the house and it gets some, some heat from the house, but it doesn't, you know, there's a heater in there and it kicks in if it goes below zero, but that's it. So, um Anyway, that's that's the idea. Is that this this is the way of preserving things before we had uh, canning and refrigerating. So there's certain advantages using vinegar because um, it doesn't take a week. It doesn't take a week to get the thing from a pickle to or a cucumber to a pickle. Right? It's it's yeah. done in, a, in no time. It's it takes more time. It takes more of your time to to. Mm-hmm. To to do a vinegar canning, you got to boil the vinegar and boil this, and you got to put it under pressure and boil it and do all the stuff. Yeah. Um, so it actually takes more time, but it's done that day. Yeah. Whereas this, you you set it all up and you put it on the counter and then you wait a week, right? Yeah. So it's not ideal for mass production. It takes time. Um, 
And once it's done, you can't just put it anywhere. It has to be stored below a certain temperature or it won't keep that well. Um, But on the other side of it, it makes, to me, a superior pickle. Mm. (laughs) So (laughs) if you like your pickles (laughs) and you want to try something fun, and don't just... Don't just, you know, listen to me. Go online and, and look it up and, uh, you know, um, uh, do, your own, uh, do your own research. Because, cool. uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's worth... Um, yeah. th- there's a website called uh, pickleit.com, like P-I-C-K-L-dash-it, pickleit.com. Cool. And it's a lot of information on... Lacto free plug for those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh me, but anyway, <laughs> uh, it's pr- pretty pretty good uh, uh, discussion of all of this sort of stuff, yeah. and it's one of the resources I consulted when I decided to get this. I did this, and I watched a lot of YouTube videos and that sort of stuff. But uh, I'm really happy with it, and anyone that's been on the fence about giving it a try, uh, I've been doing it for a month. I'm not dead. Um, Am I doing one arm push ups and you know, uh, <laughs> do I have super? Because it's supposed to have probiotic, this and that, and oh, the okay. other thing. I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah. um, there's an argument there because I mean, the, the, the advantage is that the, the, acidic, the acidic environment that it creates is um, a far more digestible, I guess. Mm-hmm. When, when you have pickle vinegar regular yeah. pickles that have vinegar in them the vinegar isn't really doing anything for you your, your body's able to deal with it but yeah. it's not doing anything it's, it's like drinking alcohol it's not doing anything for you you're just it doesn't kill you mm-hmm. i mean it might do something for you in terms of it might improve your mood right. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's not like you're getting like special nutrients from whiskey right it doesn't yeah. give you anything it's, it yeah. sort of takes anything it probably takes something away from you um and i i don't know uh, but if you have like white vinegar um i don't think it's really doing anything for you at all it's just increasing the ph of your gut yeah but this uh, lacto uh, lactic acid is supposed to be probiotic like a yogurt it's supposed to be good for you um so that's another if that sort of thing matters to you mm. um so yeah i've been i don't know i've had a pickle every day but uh Well, I've eaten three jars of pickles in the last month. Mm. So I've been eating a lot of pickles, man. Yeah, you're right. And I can't say that I feel superhuman or anything like that. Man, they taste good. Uh, And uh, I I certainly subscribe to the idea that it's got to be better for you than just vinegar, right? Because it's, uh, you know, it's it's alive, right? Oh, yeah. Not just acid. It's like a thing. It's like it's a bacteria. You're, you're drinking a bacteria that you can digest. So it's something, right? Gotta, gotta love pickles. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> love pickles. I, I do. I know. I do. You have to try some of these. I'll sometime. try some of your radioactive pickles. No problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, awesome. That's the thing. I, I, uh, one final comment is that um, when you're choosing your container, use a container that will bleed gas if extreme internal pressure occurs so 
these flip cap containers I've got, I, I can't really describe them. They're, maybe I'll put a picture or something like that. Actually, that's a perfect picture for this episode. I'll have to send that to you, Dave. But they have this funny thing that clamps down. But what I've noticed with those is if you, if you pour boiling water in them and close them and shake them, the, the water sprays out of them. Okay. So they can't handle a certain amount of pressure. They just blow the stuff out, okay. which is good. It means the jar isn't going to explode. Yeah, yeah. Right, certain kinds of jars... Um, like uh, when you buy a jar of, uh, you know, I, I can't speak to every brand of jar, but if you buy a jar of uh, sealed, vacuum-sealed pickles in a store, for instance, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. or, or vacuum-sealed anything in a store, it's meant to hold a vacuum, yeah. which is the opposite of internal pressure. It's meant to withstand external pressure. Mm-hmm. There's a vacuum inside the jar, and it's able to withstand external pressure. Right. It's not designed to withstand internal pressure. Like, like a beer bottle is designed to, to withstand internal pressure. Mm-hmm. It's pressurized on the inside. So you don't want to use a jar that cranks down so tight that once that all fermentation starts happening, you're going to get internal pressure. Yeah, and if you've got a jar that can't take that, it's going to explode. Yeah, either you need a jar that you are guaranteed is going to be able to take that pressure, or a jar like the ones I'm using that just sort of give up. Mm. When so I've noticed under some of my jars, uh, I check them every couple of days, and there's liquid on the ground, so there mm. there's a bit of stuff getting out, which is fine. From everything I've read, I mean, I'm I'm still here, so it's all yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, also, you need to remove the ends off the cucumbers, the stem end and the blossom end, uh, before you pickle them, because that uh, apparently is supposed to um, re- reduce the chance of the pickles going off and them going mushy. I've never made I've never made pickles leaving them on, so I don't know if that's true or not. But <laughs> I wouldn't want to go through the whole process of pickling it and then find out that you should have cut them off. So, cut those ends off. That's what everybody says you're supposed to do, and that's what I do, and it seems to work just fine. Um, also, from what I've read, you're, uh, if you're really concerned about this sort of stuff, you can go get some uh, litmus paper to check the pH. A certain mm-hmm. kind of, and you can get litmus paper that'll that'll tell you where the pH is, yeah. and to to be to to be completely secure in the knowledge that you are safe. Yeah, you should achieve a pH in the brine. A 4.4 okay. to be safe. Um, I haven't done any of that. <laughs> just you know, these taste these taste yeah. great. Okay, I'm eating them um, and into the fridge. No, um, but yeah, it's um, everything I've read. That should be your. And I'm, I'm looking at a variety of sources, and there's a number of pHs that I've seen. This is the the lowest of the ones I've seen. So the most, the lower the pH is, the more acidic, right? So. Right. Uh, I've seen different ranges. I'm, I'm picking the lower boundary of that range just to be conservative here. So mm. uh, pH of 4.4 to be safe. Cool. Just in case you're concerned and you really want to go and measure all of that sort of stuff. Mm. And nice. again, don't do me if you eat these. And no, get disclaimer. It. Disclaimer, do your own research. Don't do this if you don't feel yeah. uh, comfortable with it at all. But yeah. man, if you want to explore it, if you're a curious person, uh, this is the fr- I've been reading about this for years, and this year I decided to try it, and man, what a good pickle! 
Awesome. Actually, the main reason is that I was talking to a, a woman who was from uh, Russia, and she, she said she, she hates the pickles that they sell here in Canada, mm. and she makes her own. I said, oh, how do you do it? And she goes, oh, I just put them in a bucket and some salt and leave them on the counter for a week. And so I said, oh, I'm going to read. That sounds yeah. really simple, and you look pretty healthy. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I decided to give it a try, and nice. yeah, totally worth it. Awesome. And there you have it. There you have it, lacto-fermented pickles. Awesome. And you can, I've done that with carrots as well and garlic yeah. scapes, and I'm sure you can do it with a whole range of different things, uh, yeah. just uh, limited to your imagination and your individual taste. Awesome. Right from the garden to your plate. Exactly. Excellent. All right, well, that was episode 44, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen. And uh, as always, you can check the website, maritimegardening.com slash 044. We'll be promoting this on Facebook and uh, and other social media. So if you're listening and you are on there, by all means, uh, you know, a like or a share would be much appreciated. Yes. Yeah. So uh, until next time, good gardening. Yeah, and thanks, thanks everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.